Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. Let's have some fun with some John and Lance audio. Audio. Penal. 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 So penal. 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 Double bang. Penal. 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 Double bang the other. Penal. Penal. So penal. Penal. It's a stampede. Penal. 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 So penal. Penal. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Penal. Frank is so stupid. I mean, it's a word, okay, with the penal system, right? P-E-N-A-L. Yeah, Frank, you filth and flawed mind. I mean, what the? What is wrong with him? <laughs> I mean, it's not a dirty word. I mean, but you're making it dirty. He was. I was supposed to have lunch with him, and then now I know why he had to cancel. He, he canceled. Yeah, because he had to make yeah. that up. Because he had, he had to, to do, make that intro. Had to do that. That intro. He had to keep on going, saying penal, penal. You got to find something to do. I mean, okay. Joe. Okay. I mean, the Bengals are eliminated from the playoffs now. You got the Rockets can't ever. The Rockets can't ever play another game. Well, they're playing tonight. Well, the Rockets have been off for two weeks. They're playing Jim James Harden. Okay. They've it's, been off so long that without losing a game, they've lost the longest winning streak in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're four days they've been off. How Are you that? sure that's it? It feels like six. Sunday. Golly. They played Sunday, and now they're playing Friday. That's a four-day layoff. In the, now they go every other day, though. Now they go every other day. Kawhi Leonard would still take a day off for load management. Well. <laughs> After four. No. You know what he'd look at it as? Like, like, you know, when you take a vacation day after or before a, a holiday is coming up, just so you can kind of hit the extra bump, you know, to extend it a little bit. Yeah. That's what Kawhi would look at this like, you know what? I'm going to take a rest day after the four days off and the scheduling. It's kind of making an extended vacation, you know. Yeah. To be smart with it kind of. That's Charlie how you Palillo, do it, right, right. Yeah, Palillo was the best at yeah. managing vacations. Well, beside, obviously, Kawhi Leonard. Like, next week, taking the whole week would be perfect. Because you got you Thanksgiving, slide. yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. and Friday, you got off, so you only take uh-huh. you got nine days off, and you only take three. Right, that's, that's how that's, that's how, how Charlie do would do it. Yep, that's how Charlie would do it. And of course, there's nothing going on right now, right? So Charlie, no, Charlie did. I, he just took stuff in the middle of the summer because there was nothing going to ha- nothing going on to talk about. So he would it would just, just be a Wednesday. I, I did the show with Charlie, and it was like, huh, huh, this is he's not here this summer. <laughs> <laughs> this summer was my show with Ross Villarreal. We would do the show basically together because I'm like, Charlie would just be, oh, he's off Wednesday, Thursday. Why he, is he back Friday? Oh, the Astros have an afternoon game. He'll work a 30. He'll, he's going to work 30 minutes. That's, and it's going to count. He's he wasn't stupid now. No. If the Astros had a game and we might be upended, then he's like, well, I'll come in for that one. Yeah. No, no, he he absolutely. My man knew how to work. A he knew he knows how to do it. Yeah, uh, he knew how to work a schedule. What's James? It's J Day. Yep. Uh, James versus Baby J. Although the Baby J doesn't stand for Baby James, it stands for Baby Jokic. And uh, James is. It doesn't take long for James to be hated by a fan base. Now, Houston fan base love James. Until the playoffs, we get disgusted with them. But in general, Houston had a very good relationship with James. Um, not so with the Nets. Definitely not so with Philly. And I can imagine the Clippers fans are beginning to get very concerned uh, with having James on that team. Um, I know James has made comments about, you know, it's going to take him a while to play himself into shape. I mean, you know, if you were serious about getting traded, you would think that James would have uh, maybe kept himself in more game-type shape. And maybe when James talks about, 
his game shape. He is also talking about just being, you know, a better player. But this is uh, <clears throat> the it is funny where the Clippers are now with James and where the Rockets are right now without James, who could have been added into the mix this offseason. What a stark contrast and what a warning shot. And I don't I know. I don't know if people will pay attention to this historically. I pay attention to these things because when it comes to team building, you want to take something from decisions that are made or not made. And so this is a great reminder. You could take this to the Astros or whoever, and you could just try to try to apply this lesson learned. You don't add a guy like that with his baggage and with his age and with the way that he parties so much and and his his when I say baggage, you know, also the way that he has exited teams lately. Yeah. Why do you you can't well, he's not, yeah, you no. can't take that and change it. No. I love how the Clippers thought that, well, we'll just throw him well, on here with veterans. Everything will be fine. Well, and you're putting him with a guy that he just shunned not two years ago in Russell Westbrook. Well, and, Russell shunned him. Well, Russell wanted to leave. Yeah, but they both shunned him. No, they, yeah. that was a bad now, they're situation. They're still friends, but I don't think Russell wanted him to come back. No. Why would he want to? You, you're messing up their schism. Yeah. Not, it's Paul George and Russell. And well, their schism hasn't been good. So, you know what? Now it's even worse, though, with James there. Well, it's it, actually before you James want to talk got about, there. You want to talk about a lack of chemistry. You want to talk about... Now, okay, but honestly, are the Clippers going to figure it out? Are the Clippers going to win some I mean, games? Probably, the Clippers almost beat Denver the other night. Yeah, they wow. Almost, yeah. We did, but... Right, 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 right. So I think Denver might be struggling a little bit without Jamal Murray right now. Maybe that's got more to do with it than, you know, the Rockets being great and the Clippers, you know, getting it. Um, I, I, this is a dangerous game tonight. This is absolutely a dangerous oh, game Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I know the Rockets are playing really well. They haven't played in like two months. So, you know what? That rust is going to be a, a factor tonight. But also, you know, they're going to go in there and, and there's a lot of talk about this. James with the Rockets. He may didn't want them. All of this stuff. All of that stuff, all the stuff that's fluttering around it, this, this, you better be ready for tonight because this this team, this this Clippers team is pretty desperate right now. And oh, by the way, they don't want to lose again at home because the Boo Birds are going to be out there for them big time, mm-hmm. big time. Uh, so he's got to they they're going to play hard. I'm, I'm this one is going to be a I want to do you know the line on this one? I'm going to look it up right yeah. now. I mean that's something we have. To, I was looking through the lines, NFL lines. And there are so many interesting tidbits about this weekend's games. Last night, very interesting. Unfortunately for Five Star, did you see? Second catch of the game. Unfortunately for Five Star and all of the listeners who followed him. You're right. Yeah. Mark Mark Andrews was going to have a huge game. First drive, two catches. Second catch, breaks his ankle. He's out for the season. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Man, what a – Clippers are seven-point favorites. Clip seven. That's a pretty big number. I didn't like them that much. I thought that would be like a two-point game. Yeah, it's the Clippers are seven. Seven. Wow, that's scary. That makes it even worse. If you want to know the truth, for the Rockets, makes it worse for the Rockets because nah, everybody's going to jump on the Rockets. I don't. I think this is a case of everyone's just assuming. Well, they're the Clippers. They'll figure it out. They're the Clippers. Are they going to figure it out? Well, there's a lot of star power on that team, and so. Yeah. What the, difference is that? And mean? the Rockets are one of, I think, the second best perimeter defensive team in the league, which is incredible, mm-hmm. <laughs> incredible after watching them in the last three James years. James doesn't really know any other and way to play. And they, and they, yeah, he doesn't know any other way to he play. He didn't know any other way to play, and he's so, not efficient anymore. So, so who, who do you put Dylan Brooks on? Uh, Kawhi. Oh, no, Paul George, probably. Paul George. Uh, I don't know. That'll probably, no. I would say... No, uh, I put yeah, I probably put Dylan Brooks on 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 Paul, on Paul George, George, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I and, think so. And who are you gonna put on James? Somebody just like self check. Somebody that I, just likes to stand around. I got double somebody. somebody that don't care about running much. He, right now, he's a self check. What we call him pick up basketball. He'll guard himself. <laughs> <laughs> he'll make such bad decisions. He'll guard himself. Dell, do you have that? I mean, Fred Van Vliet, I guess. Usually you'd put somebody like Jalen on him, maybe, who's quicker. you just put another burly guy on a burly guy and just let yeah. him burl out together. Do you think they're burling together? Yeah. I don't so know. Just, I'll just Burling Fred Van is a Vliet. word. No, you need someone to make sure he doesn't find his swagger because we found out. Oh. We found out in the Mike Dub segment, the Nuggets game, all James needs to do is find his swagger. 
I'm making shots. That's my swagger. You feel me? I got to get back to the basics first. Then I got to get my swagger. You feel me? I'll be all right, though. I got to get back to, he basically said, I make some shots, I get my swagger. You feel me? I just got to get back to the basics. First I get back, to, first I make my shots, then I get back to the basics. Or maybe he said the other way around. He's just this close to getting he's it. He's that together. close. Yeah, he's you so know, close. And, yeah. You he's know, so it, close well, to getting it back. Well, he's not in the system. He is the system. Yeah, and James is the system. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's really not on James. I know people are talking about his turnovers and how poorly he's playing. Really right now, what I see is Kawhi and Paul George and Russ and the entire team are having a hard time acclimating to the system. It's really on them right right, now. They got to acclimate to the system. Going into that Nuggets game, since joining the Clippers, he he, I think he had made one shot within three feet of the rim. Now that changed. He got to the bucket a a number of times in the Nuggets game. I think that's what he was talking about, a swagger finally getting to the rim. But he had not been putting any rim pressure, getting any rim pressure, and not getting to the rim because, you know, James is out of shape and – he had talked about getting back in the James Harden shape, and when you're out of shape, that quick first step that he, we know him to have didn't exist. So now that he's found his swagger, I imagine— Wait, he did find his swagger? He got to the rim a couple times, which is, I think, what he was referencing, getting to the, getting to the rim, making some shots. So we're going to see the best of James tonight, so be aware. Gosh, of, okay, he of found all his of swagger. the great—he's I, I, the least likable— the least likable of all. I mean, how many athletes have we had here? I mean, the least likable that I can remember. I am so glad he's not here. I am so glad he's not here anymore. I mean, just his whole, the whole aura, everything about him. I just, I mean, he's a great well, player, yeah. Hall of Fame player. Okay, John, you know, what, what, I'm, I'm sure he hurt, it hurts him that you don't. I just, I don't know. Just, I just, I just can't, everything about him. I just like ooh, I, I'm so glad he's a Clipper. You know, you know what you are, John? Hmm, hater, a certified hater. Hater, you ain't got no haters. You ain't popping. Yeah, well, James is popping. He's popping. Oh, James is popping. And frankly, popping. this this whole show has buried a giant lead because there's a giant story story on Twitter yesterday, oh, and we God. have first we have a man who. Okay. Was in the in the business. Who could talk the about segment. it? How could how could how do we not start the show with? Because John could speak to this. You well, can't. Don't, can't when start we, the show. When we come back, when we come back, we will get to the giant. It's like a Twitter story, but it's going to take off. Like it was huge on Twitter. There's almost a separate subculture of what the huge stories are on Twitter that aren't as big on like the. If I went to ESPN, I bet I don't find it on the front page. Well, no. No. But, but it's a huge Twitter uh, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's I, a huge Twitter story. I went story. through all of ESPN. You, it's nowhere to be found. You can't find it because they don't really. That's They're not, not really gonna... a sports story, but it's an. But it is, in a way, it's well, a broadcast story. Well, I'm surprised they're not going after her because she's not an ESPN person. We'll, we'll talk about it on the other side, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. But well, let's right now talk about GiveMeTheVin.com. That's John Clay Wolf, and he is an expert. He's the best at giving you all, as much as you can possibly, as much as he possibly can for your vehicle. Now, you are going to go and you need, you want to sell that car, you want to sell that truck, you got a beautiful truck, you want to get as much, whatever it is, the reason that you want to sell it, you still want to do your deal through the dealership, that's okay. John Clay Wolf can do the deal through the dealership and all the taxes and everything else that goes along with that are going to be applied and it, it works itself seamlessly. So you can still do that. Now, the dealership might not want John Clay Wolf to buy it through them. What, whatever the case, well then get it, get as much. Well then give me as much as John Clay Wolf has given me for my car. And the answer to, the, to that is probably nah, not so much. John Clay Wolf has given more than everybody else. Period. He has been doing this for years. There's a reason that he has a billion dollars, over a billion dollars a year in car sales and about buying and selling. It's because he gives more. So if you're looking for a great way to sell that vehicle, there's one place that you have to go. Give me the VIN.com. That's give me the VIN.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planted Unicorn, hey. Planted Unicorn, Unicorn Planet. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Lance and John. Scratch that. Versus. Welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So big Twitter dust-up yesterday. 
So do we have the audio? You've got the audio. Here is Carissa Thompson on she's she on Barstool, prime, right? She does prime video uh she's she's the host on Prime yeah, Video prime, Thursday right. after Thursday evening games. Yes. I didn't see was she there yesterday? Yes, well she, she was, was this was on Barstool though, right? Yes. No, I know, but was she there yesterday when yes, all this she stuff was. broke? She was, I didn't she see was. This. It was uh from part of my take, one of their shows on Barstool. This is her in the midst of a longer form interview, podcast form, uh, talking about her career and this came up, and as John mentioned, it's uh, set people ablaze from people I didn't even know had Twitter accounts. Everyone has something to say, but here it is. Do I go two-finger? Do I go three? Do I do the extended pinky? Like, wow. which way? You have to make sure that the mic flag is pointed directly at the camera. And there's a lot of red meat, too, because it's like a break in the action. So um, if you screw up anything, that's all anybody talks about for the next five minutes on Twitter. It's a big lo- – like, what's, where's the upside? Like, yeah. you're only going to fail in that situation. Yeah, but I just talked to Mike Tomlin. He says that we need to go out in the second half and compete. I, and I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to kill, stop uh, hurting ourselves we needed to be better on third down we yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over the quarterback we need, yeah exactly <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field like they're not going to correct me on that right. so i'm like it's fine i'll it, just make up the report it, so oh, every and she said i've said this before and i didn't uh, get fired for it she and, said it on her podcast with aaron andrews right she's i it, i believe it was an interview to promote the podcast oh. in print form so it got less oh of, okay uh, uh, less attention. And Aaron Andrews chimed in and said, yeah, I've done it too in the same interview. Oh, all wow. Bob Nightingale's copying everything John says. And if John, like Bob Nightingale, it all has to do with Twitter. When Twitter puts it out there, then Bob Nightingale's this big hero of everybody. Right. When you say stuff, people yeah. ignore you because you don't have a blue check. I don't have a blue check mark. And, and well, yeah, the, it's limited. The, the scope of, of this show, depending on now, if the sun's said, out. Now, whenever... We had something about Cam Whitmore needs to play, you know. Oh my God! That became now all of a sudden I'm the devil's advocate. I'm the I'm the devil. No, you're spawn. the devil. I'm the devil's spawn. So, so, okay. So tell us tell us about that. How many stuff did you make up when you were with the Texans? I I I never did. I never did. Did you make up because, injuries for people, and the Texans I, had to call you and say, "Quit guessing on injuries, John." Well, no, no, no. I did. Well, that happened when when we had a player down in the middle of the field. So for those of you that don't know, I was five first five years of the Texans' existence. I was the sideline guy with Mark Vandermeer and Andre Ware. I was the I was the guy that he they was came the rich to. lord. They call him the rich lord. Well, <laughs> they didn't really call me the rich lord. Rich lord followed me. Oh, okay. So rich lord was after me, and then Johnny Harris. So, so no, I never did. I I, I did get admonished by Charlie Casserly. He came in and gave me a a real tongue lashing when I talked about someone who was down and I just said it was a lower leg. It looks, it's a, looks like they're looking at his lower leg and Charlie can't, Hey, Hey, see, you don't talk about injuries. See, we, we never talk about injuries on the field. And you with that. You, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Um, so, but I, but here's, it, it's different for me in that every yeah. single game, Dom Capers or Gary Kubiak came to me heading into the locker room and did that interview before they went into the locker room. So I never had to wait for them coming out and I never had to make anything up because it was always, it was a given and then it never failed. I always had the coach. So I can't speak to that. I can speak to the fact that for the credibility of sideline reporters and whether or not it's important, my only thing is this is what does she look like? And and Carissa Thompson, we've seen a lot of her. Oh, see, I got the preview of this before the show, so I wasn't surprised. You knew this was coming? I didn't know. So this is kind of on you. No, what I did not know, that, that second part, that I didn't tag know this that he was threw coming. on, what? I didn't know he was going to go, and we've seen a lot of her. <laughs> well, we, we have. I didn't know he was going to do, he didn't do that before the show. He Some did that other don't thing. know what you're talking about. I, I don't care if people know what you're talking about or not. <laughs> it's probably bad. I, just, I don't care what people know if I'm, talk, uh, I'm talking. I, most of the time, I don't care. You know, a lot of people, people believe that. I think there's a lot of women who believe that she did damage to women's credibility. And that really shouldn't be the case. I mean, a sideline reporter, side, whether it's Evan Washburn or, uh, you know, Andrea Kramer, who doesn't. I don't know if she does sideline stuff anymore, but Kaylee Hartung, whoever. Um 
you shouldn't put a whole like you shouldn't generalize someone's race. You shouldn't generalize someone's sex. You should, you know, generalization is not a good thing. I do think there will be people, though. I mean, I get it. If if I'm a, if I was a female sideline reporter or journalist, it would probably bother me too. Yeah. That I, I it's hard to believe that she would put that out there. You got away with it the first time, right? Why would you put that well, out there again because, on something as big as a barstool sports? I guess because she podcast. felt like it wasn't. It not, it's okay. I've said it, and, and nothing. There's no repercussions. She actually said that. There's yeah. been no repercussions, so mm-hmm. I'm good. But I guess this is this is a non-story. It is a story. If I'm a sideline pro, uh, reporter this Saturday in college football or pro football, the first thing I said was, I'd say was, I actually did talk to the coach. Yeah, I, I actually did talk to the coach, and here's what he had to say. That's what I would say, and just to give a little jab. And, at and there was Thompson. a couple of people who said this is, and Dell, you think a lot of that was virtue signaling by, because a lot of people who I'd never, who don't even, I, you know what, I'm a journalist too, and I, I would go click their bios and. Th- you're trying to put yourself in the conversation, but mm. there were a lot uh, of quote tweets of the, vi- yeah. the the social media video that was put out. Now it's gone. Now uh, Barstool was like, "Hey, we love attention, but maybe we don't like this." I guess maybe maybe they felt bad. Maybe for her. yeah, they're friends. Maybe they have a, a, a long standing relationship with Krista Thompson. Decided, hey, we're done with oh, the interactions. Too late. Oh uh, I mean, yeah, too late. Yeah. It's, it's still up on their YouTube channel. Part of my take, so it's still there. That's where I found the audio. But it was a lot of, hey. My job is really hard, and this this stabs at my the credibility of what I do, and I understand that. But I don't know that the people you're speaking to are just going to look at Carissa, what Carissa Thompson said and immediately apply it to you. May, I don't have those interactions that women reporters do online, so maybe all the all their mentions are shut up, stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just there because you got a pretty face. Maybe that's a lot of what they deal with. Is, I'm assuming that is because that's how they're framing it. But I thought, huh, this is a lot. Everyone has to quote tweet this and have their say. Everybody, because every, like you said, everybody's got to put themselves in. Everyone's putting themselves in the story. I just or, take myself out and immediately. I just look at it and think, okay, <clears throat> how stupid is this? You're really risking the bag for for this, your credibility potentially. I don't think she'll be eh. in trouble. She'll come out and apologize, but why would you? Well, she's on like, the sideline now. She's a studio host. Right, but why would she put herself, like, you don't, you can't gauge that that's kind of a dangerous thing to say that you made up quotes and source like yeah. you made up source material that goes to new york times you ever see the movie called broken glass uh, about Stephen glass a new york times reporter who was making up sources and stuff. it's a real story oh yeah and they did a they did a show with no. uh they did a movie with um i think it was hayden christensen was the lead and it was about that very thing it was about i had it i had an editor challenge me my second year at uh <clears throat> my second year at nfl.com uh, i used to do this thing called Sources Tell Us. And I would ask people around the league who, you know, like different things about different players or whatever. And I had one, and I had to get, uh, and I had an editor say, hey, where did you get this from? Who said this? Mm -hmm. And I had to tell them, I mean, it's not like I'm protecting sources or whatever. I don't want it out. And frankly, I've lost people to give me stuff because they didn't like that it was even out there anonymously. They're worried. Scouts worried about, that their their people would recognize it was yeah, them yeah, yeah, talking, yeah. especially if I wrote it in the way that they talk sometimes. But um, so I had to, my editor was where he goes. I just want to make sure this is this is real what they're saying. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you who it is. It's a high ranking guy. And I told him, and he's and they were checking up on that because they, you know, that's a big that's no, a no. huge huge no no what she did. What? She sourced like nowadays probably. I'm sure there are people thinking. No harm, no foul. And, yeah, realistically, no one's being hurt by it. But can you imagine Carissa Thompson doing that? And a coach could, a coach could, hey, you know, a coach could hear that somehow or whatever and say, I never talked to her. Yeah. Well, that could have happened if that happened at, on the spot at, after, you know, after the game. But a coach, how would a coach hear that? Well, what she said right, during right, the game? Right. Unless, I don't know. You'd have to watch the TV somehow, version. Yeah, right, right. Somehow, some way. But if he did. In, while she was doing the sideline report, she would definitely be in trouble. Now she's she's a studio. She's host. almost like a made man at yeah, this point. She's she's, she's away the, from that. She doesn't have to do that anymore. Said, she was doing she. The, there's no video or no admission of anything that she can do. Carissa Thompson is ingrained at her, and she's going. She ain't going nowhere, and that's fine. I mean, 
So she made up that that the coach said we got to be better on third down. This is her. That I mean, was her point. That, hurt? that was Honestly, her point. Who does that hurt? That was her point that I would say things that wouldn't get anyone in trouble. Just I right. hey, I got the pressure of filling time, and he wouldn't talk to me, and I need to give him something. So right. I gave him very generic stuff, and I get it. If you're a woman in sports and you hear all the time, you can't do your job. You suck at it. The only reason you're doing this because you're pretty. Right. This would this would hurt, but. Look, I guess come from a point where I'm not going to associate what Lisa Salter says and say, "Oh, Chris Thompson made it up, so I can't trust what Lisa Salter no, says." No, that's, that's not how it, I. That's not that's, not how I such think. Such a stretch. Yeah, it's such a stretch. And oh, oh, by the way, listen. While she was jaywalking, she caused a a, a traffic jam. Okay, maybe it was okay. This questionable, and what well, you shouldn't have been jaywalking, but she was jaywalking. If you want to know the truth, she didn't hurt. Hey, she didn't hurt anybody. What a surprise that John is. John is an ally for a sideline reporter, a sideline reporter who is who a former sideline reporter who's attractive, a cis white woman. Hmm. Hmm. Does this kind of who happens to be? A, I have to get the attractive part in. So yeah, that's important for this discussion. Blonde. Okay. Are you so? Not this, guilty. Does this feel as soon as she Del, walked in? Not Del, does it feel like something he might do? Huh. No, I don't think John would do it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Be that he would be. All of a sudden, trying to, trying well, to well, really he, well, he set a precedent. Deflect from it. Well, he certainly has a precedent. The, if a woman, he, if he deems a woman worthy, and by worthy, I yes. mean how attractive she is, he will definitely side with her in these situations. He said, "Not guilty." We heard him. Not guilty. Now, Not guilty. Let's he, move along. If he found Next a, case. If he, <laughs> if he found too much on the docket. Dell. What did I do? Dell versus man who's robbing the CVS. Okay. Now that you is the hear trial that, case? that we're going to have to hear all parties. No, you would. No, it's not me versus the man who robbed CVS. It's me versus CVS. You, you versus CVS. Yeah, not yeah. doing anything. I will say it's 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 kind of it is a classic Twitter story though. Now where it's like, mm. oh, we got to get our get our thoughts in on this, and this tears down the fabric of what women have built for years. Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs <laughs> has no merit. You you chip at the very fabric of of that building block of 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 the quilt that has been woven for women like it's it's not well no no it's not that it's like it's interesting it's not it's not that no. uh, it's not again I it's think not that she was, she was jaywalking That's let all. me just say as someone who has produced a segment with a, a woman on a, on a high high school sideline segment I can say I speak for a lot of us in the media. No, you can't. <laughs> no. We got a break. 729 ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Bobby Slowick said his worst call of the year. We'll tell you what it was on the other side. But right now, talking about my bookie, a little bit later in the show, we got a lot of great stats about uh, against the spread. We got a lot of uh, great insight into which way you should bet. But how are you going to bet it? How are you going to do it? Well, I can tell you how you're going to do it. You're going to do it at mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. It is awesome. If you're looking for the best way to bet, win, and get paid, that's important. The most important thing is you got a bookie that's going to pay you, right? Now, betting anything, anytime, and anywhere. It's, it's, it's amazing at how many things they have at mybookie.ag. Thousands and thousands, literally thousands and thousands of bets on every single aspect of what seems to be life entertainment pope who's gonna be the next pope i mean they've got all kinds of all kinds of stuff that's just like wow really i can bet on this you want to bet on cricket yes you want to bet on anything anytime anywhere it's amazing it really is and it's easy to navigate it's a it's a great site and right now you got to get cash bonus on your initial deposit that you can cash out early you also got parlays that you can play and cash out early you also got casino gambling you got live dealers it's great you're looking for the best way to play when you get paid my book at ag promo code bet 975 espn 975.com time to wake up hey you finally awake you were trying to cross the border right currently in the veritex community bank studios one is a renowned forensic blood splatter expert the other an appointed master of haberdashery it's john and lance all right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. John Lance here with you. So, Bobby Slowick met the media. He and uh, Matt Burke. 
Mm-hmm. Bobby Slowick had some explaining to do about that third down call. Up 10. CJ throws it. Intercepted. Down to the tank makes the stop. Down to about the four-yard line. They score the touchdown. Get to within three. Then end up tying it up. And almost winning with the, if not for the uh, drop. Um, yeah, that would have really been looked at by CJ and Slowick as what the hell were you doing calling a pass play? What the, when really it is just you're trying to get a first down and end the game. Yeah. I, you know, I, I got I got it. And then you say, what the hell are you doing throwing that pass where the guy clearly undercut it? You were too late getting it out. Uh, instead, it turns into CJ Stroud is the MVP right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, quick no, that is. That is one Tyler Boyd drop, and we were able to create a narrative that is. No, no, CJ Stroud is is really squarely in the mix of the MVP. That's and, and, how quickly it happened. And oh, by the way, don't they had in the forty six second drive the week yeah. before. Yeah, and and holy crap, CJ Stroud is is the toast of the town. Right, but yeah, deservedly so. Bobby frankly. Slowick says said this about that third down interception. The first third down you're referencing, the one that was an interception, uh, that one that was poor play call. You know that probably for me. You know, looking back on it, I know why it was called. You know, we we know what we were expecting to get, which isn't what we got. But regardless, I, I mean, it was a it was a really hard position to put the quarterback in, and that one I, I really didn't like that play call. Like, I, if I was to judge myself, that was probably the worst play call of the year. Mm. That's a, uh, you know, it, it turned out really really badly. If he throws the ball up and over his shoulder, it's a first down, and it's the greatest it's the greatest call of the year. Instead, he threw he underthrew it, and it was picked off. And the guy was cutting underneath, but it was a it was a poor throw. It was I, I poor call, poor listen, throw. Well, okay, was the play call poor, or was the decision to pass the ball? Well, what poor? he said was, um, well, I didn't love the decision to pass the ball. I wanted him to burn another timeout because I thought, uh, you know, but the Texans' defense, you know, hadn't been hadn't really been going off. But it's at the same time, look at what the look you at know, what the well, well, look think, at what the lead was. I listen. I thought what was worse Play it smart. was the following series on third down. They throw a deep ball oh, yeah. to tank. To tank a small receiver, and you're trying to throw in a low percentage throw. A low percentage. That was, I don't know if that was the that was the primary read or if CJ got there, but yeah, that was actually that was the one that I was even more I yeah. was really disappointed with that yeah, one. Yeah, right. Like why aren't we just throwing a, a hitch? Uh, just a little hitch and let Tank try to make some things off the. Uh, give him the ball. Yeah. Give, hand it off to him on a jet well, sweep. Or I, and again, keep that Del, Del brought this up the next morning is you put the ball in your best player's hands, and that's CJ. But a low percentage Remember, was, throw, like throwing a bomb. Now, if it's complete, now it was a great play. The, the now, here's the problem it was, it was 206 to go, uh, if I remember correctly, or maybe it was before the snap. Maybe it ended up at 206. If you had something where the ball was in play, at least it takes the two-minute warning out of it. They gave him a free timeout because yeah. that incomplete pass allowed them still to get a two-minute warning. Uh, so that was, you know, that was part of it. Is you, you, and that now that's when you were only yeah, up didn't at the, the time. Punt what take three? Care of that, or did they get it with two oh six left? No, the punt didn't take care yeah, of that. Right, they right. still had a two-minute. All right. So afterwards, though, okay. So you think, well, do I put the ball in CJ's hands on third down? Here's Bobby Sloat. I've been saying this. I did this three yeah, times. Yeah, he did four, Dell. <laughs> Dell, pull your head out, Dell. We had to tell you that during I mean, the break. Pull your head out. Well, you mean I was talking to a Dynamo representative about the interview we're going to have later? Oh, okay. oh sure. Oh, that's right. Ben Olsen's going to join us at 830 right here on ESPN. Now he's trying to hit it back on my thought, side of the I thought you were, I thought you were saying you got intentionally walked. I thought you said, I thought, you I thought, thought, I thought. I wanted four. I wanted Pat. No, I thought no, you were Bregman. Right, I thought you were Bregman and said that I got intentionally walked here. That's oh, what I thought oh, you were doing. Oh, this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You stared at me like Bregman Here's does. Here's Bobby Slowick talking about putting it in CJ's hands. Is that eight now? Because you're doing it like two times. <laughs> the second third down, uh, at that point when it's a three-point game, I mean, you're calling the play that you believe has the highest chance to, to move the chains because if you move the chains, like, the game's over, you know. Um, and if you don't move the chains, they still, even if we burn 40 seconds off the clock, there was still plenty of time left for them to go down the field. So at that point, you're just calling the play that you feel like is going to give you the best chance to move the sticks. Um, you know, and, and we wound up having to get to the last option uh, in the play call, which was good by CJ getting there, and it was a good route by Tank, and the DB made a really nice play on that. So, so he was the last option. He's explaining to you, but I'm, I feel like I'm going to go – Look at that. I feel like CJ used that as the first option. 
Well, did he really get there? I'm going to go look at his eyes and see if he was getting through progressions. Because I, rem- I seem to remember him being like the early look mm. on that one. Yeah. So what? But Bobby Sloak is telling you that was not the primary option. That's, so, a, that's a way for him to tell you. And remember this. When you, see a, when you say bad play calling and you see a throw made, especially when it's a short throw on third and nine, it doesn't mean the play call. People say play call, play call. Well, you got to remember now, quarterbacks go to certain wide receivers. That doesn't mean that's the primary read, or it doesn't even may, mean that they made the right decision of where to go with the football. I know the OC takes all the heat when you don't like a pass that is made on the third down, but that also doesn't mean that that play call was supposed to be that throw. The quarterbacks, a lot of times, will make mistakes on where to go or reading the coverage or whatever the case may be. I'm not sure. I'm going to go look at that because I feel like he went. To, I feel like that was almost like a a primary read situation. I don't remember it being yeah, it where did, he had it, to wait and he had to get through progressions. I don't remember that. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe he went through them really really quick. Maybe S two isn't all that bright. Okay. Maybe S two doesn't know about CJ. Okay. Oh. Maybe that's. I what thought it you is. were nicknaming CJ S two. No, he goes through his progression so fast. S two can't even keep up. No, with he him. only has one nickname on this show, Debrat. No. no, and we're Stroud boys. We are, I'm a Stroud boy. Anyway, well, John's clearly been a Stroud boy. Mm, I've been I've been a a Stroud boy. Listen, everybody's talking about. See, Mike Martz says he. We, we played the clip yesterday. Mike Martz says it's the best rookie season he's ever seen. Maybe the best rookie season in NFL history. Bobby Slowick asked about uh, uh, CJ and what sticks out about his improvement. Here's uh, here's Bobby Slowick. His feet would be the thing that sticks out to me like and I don't it's not like I can point out any one thing or one story but to me like every every game every time I would think an opponent turns on the tape and watches our pass game like his feet are settled more and more and more every week and his drops are smoother and it's more tempoed and in rhythm and I think that's even if you don't understand what you're looking at I think that's evident to people just to be able to see if something looks natural or maybe if someone's working through something and how calm and composed he's become in the pocket. I think it's probably the best example of just an outward demonstration of how in command he is of what's going on and how ready he is at any time to hit number one or hit number two or snap back to the backside and and get to last in the progression on a lot of stuff. Uh, And he's come a long way in that regard. So what he's referring to really with his feet, he talked about it, but when you get to your progressions, your your uh, your feet are supposed to move with your eyes, so that you're squared. So you you know, you, you, I see a lot of quarterbacks who will just leave, who are very lazy with their feet, and they just make upper body throws and they make the you know the trick shot throws or whatever to an, to an extent, and it's it's just all arm stuff, arm arm arm, because people have defaulted into those bad habits because they, you know, either they want to play quick or they see Aaron Rodgers and they just think this is. You know, they, they just want to emulate. A true quarterback make you going through progressions, you want your feet to follow your eyes, and so that way you're in throwing position every single time. And it's easy to get lazy with your feet when you go from, like, your second progression to your third prog- progression. Sometimes you'll leave your feet a little behind and you're not square to your target, and that's how you have mm. wild accuracy. The fact that C.J. with his feet are so good it's one of the reasons why he's as accurate as he is is because his upper body's not fighting his lower body. And his escapability is really nice. Yeah. You know, Brady was the least athletic of any quarterback ever, and he was Great probably feet. had the best feet in, in the pocket ever. Great feet. Ever. But you know who did One sidestep. But Peyton Manning had jittery. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to bounce. I know sometimes you see it and you think you're in ready position. Tell he Peyton was, that. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a bouncy foot, but it didn't it didn't really matter. It looked like he had jittery, bouncy feet, and sometimes and sometimes actually he didn't make good throws because of his feet. There were some times he didn't. He knew exactly where the ball was going to go. Yeah, that's by a the whole defense. different thing. He was in a different league there. there was, he was incredible. He was just incredible. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The number if you'd like to get in here with us on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Let's go over. Um, I want to go over some of these lines that are that are out there, and some of the some of the against the spread stuff is just incredible this week. So we will do that on the other side. Right now, though, I'm talking about the University of Houston. I'm talking about tomorrow. We're going to be there. It's going to be three o'clock tomorrow. University of Houston taking on Oklahoma State Senior Day. It's the last time you'll be able to see these seniors playing at TDECU Stadium. This is the last home game of the year. It's awfully important. We're trying to keep Oklahoma State out. 
of the championship game, trying to get into a bowl game for the University of Houston. This will be a big game. It's where Dana used to work, so it'll be there's a little added there. Got to get back on the winning ways. Got to get back to some some really good offensive football. Oklahoma State stunk last week. We'll see if they can't uh, if, if University of Houston can't take advantage like Central Florida did last week. Let's go. It's going to be fun. It's three o'clock. Tickets start at just fifteen bucks. Want you out there? Let's go. We got tickets to give away today or no? No, we did it already. Okay, uh, we've got you got you got fifteen dollar tickets. Okay, so let's go uhcougars.com slash tickets or 713-GO-COUGS. Come early, be loud, wear red. 713-GO-COUGS or uhcougars.com slash tickets. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet sassy molassie. Clever metaphors and catchphrases escape me. Like a fat girl waving her trophy from the smell contest. Sweet sassy molassie, I'm trying my best here. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios and your daily distraction from the horrific reality of your very existence. Man, I didn't know it was that bad. But hey, it's John and Lance. So uh, let's go over some of the stuff this week. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Um, no Deshaun, PJ, is going to be there. The Steelers have covered seven of the last eight meetings against the Browns. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have covered five straight games as a road underdog. Uh, under- Browns have a hard time beating Mike Tomlin. Yeah. The Browns are 4 and 1 against the spread at home this year. Uh and but uh, and unders are 4 0 oh, and 1 with in Browns games. Well, because they're winning because of their defense, yeah. not because of Deshaun or any other quarterback. Which way you go? I got to go Pittsburgh. I got to go Pittsburgh. Too. Yeah, I just I think they're a mess. I I do think under is probably the play. My guess I haven't even looked at the number. My guess is it's like 38. The number at this point in our lives probably is 30, and a half. It went from 38 and a half to 32 and a half. It's thirty-two and a half. Now. Holy crap! Well, Deshaun is. Are they playing Iowa? Deshaun, thirty-two and a half. Yeah. Thirty-two and a half is the lowest that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, that's low. And that's and there's no big, huge winter storm coming in. That's just well. That, I mean, because that feels like actually a real number. Yeah. With their defense and Cleveland's offense. Yeah. With Cleveland's defense and their terrible offense. The Lions are uh, the Lions right now are minus seven and a half at the Bears. The Lions have covered 11 straight division games. Wow. How about this? Matt Eberflus. Oh, no, excuse me. This is at, at the Lions. I'm sorry. At the Lions. Matt Eberflus is 8-17-2 against the spread in his career, the second worst record of coaches to begin their career since 1966. 8-17-2 is the second worst. That doesn't sound... Wow. How's that possible? Uh, against the spread. Well, what about the Sashi Brown, Cleveland Browns that won like one game in yeah. two years? Yeah. They were covering? I guess they were covering. Wow. Hugh Jackson had... Yeah. Hugh Jackson was To start was his career. Oh, to start a career. To start a career. Uh, Yeah, I guess... Yeah. Is Cully not a... Uh, well, what did Cully? Did he not did have enough cover? games? Is there a minimum amount of games? Well, 8-17-2... Minimum 25 games. Cully didn't have 25 games. Oh, it says minimum? Minimum 25 Oh, games. that's how to yeah, get yeah, out yeah. of any Texan coach. Chargers at Packers. Chargers minus three. The Packers are 16-8 and eight against the spread after a loss under Matt LaFleur. But they're 0-4 against the spread in their last four games as underdogs. The Packers are 1-5 against the spread in their last six games. The Chargers are 1-4 against the spread this season when the line is plus three or minus three. Something's got to give in that game. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it is. The Dolphins... Are thirteen and a half point favorites, okay? Uh, thirteen and a half point favorites against the Raiders. Five, the Dolphins are five and zero as a favorite and four and zero against the spread at home this season. The Raiders suck, so there's that and this one. Um, the Commanders minus nine and a half over the Giants. The Commanders are two and twelve against the spread as double digit favorites since nineteen ninety two. Double digit the the Commanders. Double digit, well, they're minus nine and a half, so they're not double digit here, but nine and a half. Unders are eight and two in Giants games. Unders are huge this year. Unders are Unders gr- are killing yeah. this year. Yeah, there's a big under stat coming up here. Uh-huh. The Giants are 2-7-1 against the spread this season, including one of five. There's been a lot of rookie spread. quarterbacks playing this year. Yeah. A lot, 11 rookie quarterbacks have had starts this year. I didn't even know that was possible. Cowboys minus ten and a half at the Panthers. Um, 
the road favorites of at least seven points are 0-8-1 against the spread this season. Mm-hmm. Home dogs. Wow. This is the second time a team has been a double-digit road favorite. The other time? Week three, Cowboys lost outright as an 11-point favorite against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cowboys are 6-1 and one against the spread as favorites. So with four straight covers, they're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the Titans are not. Titans at Jacks. Why are we? What is that? I heard you. I heard that. Why? Because he's probably putting something together. That wasn't on the air, was it? No. He's probably putting no, something I, together. I love it. Can you play it right now? When well, we you just, just want me to randomly play it? Yeah, just play it. Okay. Um, and it had nothing to do with the Vikings or anything. We just wanted to. We just no, had, I was trying to get something put together. Right. Oh, good. I like it. Titans at Jaguars. Jaguars minus seven. Mike Vrabel, 27-18-1 against the spread in his career as an Jaguars underdog. Jaguars have not been great. I'd take Titans plus points. He Mike Vrabel covers as a dog. Yeah. He covers as well, a dog. Because they're a competitive. They've been a competitive team. Seven straight Titans road games have gone under the total. Mm-hmm. There's and a there's a theme all here. All five this season, and you know the public generally plays favorites over. This has got to, the books have to be doing pretty well this year. Road favorites, all the overs that the public plays, and it's all hitting unders. It's the the, I mean I know the public's losing. I would think the books are doing well. Uh, Texans minus five and a half against Arizona. Texans are zero and six against okay, the spread. Now this is one of these things where are the Texans ready to lay that kind That's of number? That's it. The Texans are zero and six against the spread in their last six games as a favorite. One and five straight up. As a favorite, they're only one and five straight up. I would, I would not play the Texans laying a point. Including zero and three against the spread this season. Cardinals are zero and four against the spread in their last four road games. Zero and five straight up. Kyler Murray is eleven and eight outright, and thirteen five and one against the spread in his career as a road underdog. Eleven and eight outright as a career as a road underdog. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. <clears throat> Did you? I saw a story that. Kyler Murray apparently is a different person since his injury. Kyler Murray rehabbed at Arizona, didn't go home. He stayed there. He got to know his teammates. His teammates are like, wow, the dude is funny. We finally got him. He's actually talking to this us. Is such an, this is such an indictment. I know it's not meant to be, No, but it actually makes it look even worse. It does make it look worse. They, he, well, I don't it know shows they, you how bad he was. It, well, he was bad. He was, he was a little... He was a bratty kind of – he was not a good leader. He was terrible at all of those things. But apparently now the guys like him, that he's around. He's actually working. He's actually looking at film. I mean, now that he's about to be traded? Right. Well, now that he think, oh, crap, I'm about to lose my job. Yeah. yeah. I would say this is probably a fraudulent thing. You are who you are, and I you can get better. You can mature and all that stuff. But there happens to be something that's on the table that directly impacts him, and that's whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback – which would necessitate them trading him where he doesn't have the ability to determine where he goes. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's. I think this is a rehab you thing. Sure you wouldn't want when to I say rehab, I mean personality rehab. Are you sure you wouldn't want to be traded if you're with the Cardinals? Yeah, you might, I mean, you might, yeah, want, to. might want to. And if you do want to, then you want to nope. make sure that you, you have as many suitors as possible so you want to dust up right. your and pretty up your, yeah. uh, your image. Contract your... It's like a yeah. contract here in baseball. And remember who his agent is, too. And right. I like EB, but Eric Burkett, Johnny Manziel, if you watch the Manziel documentary, yeah. that agent is Kyler's agent, too. And, Man, you know, who wrote, this art, who wrote the article that you saw? Because EB might also have gotten to that writer and, hey, you know it would be a great piece? Kyler's just completely, like, he's a different guy. He's uh, a totally, I'll give you some players to talk uh, about. Josh Weinfuss. Oh, that's, a, that's an Arizona writer. Right. Yeah, that's an yeah. ESPN uh so that you know, I just you know maybe could, be a could fluff come. Piece. It could come from yeah, yeah. Could be a puff piece coming from Eric, or it could be the Cardinals. He is way different. <laughs> we need to trade him. We need to trade him. No, but he got quotes from his teammates and said they're yeah. saying you know how much they like him now and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, ho- hopefully it's real. Okay. So hopefully it's real for Kyler. Just uh, looking ahead, the Eagles and the and the Chiefs prime time unders. Are eleven and one on Monday Night Football this year? Mm. Prime time unders under. If you played every under Monday Night Football game, you would be eleven and one this year. Okay, holy well, crap! That doesn't exist in my. The mind. Eagles are three and six against the spread as underdogs under Nick Sirianni. The Chiefs are eight and two outright and five and five against the spread off a bye under Andy Reid. 
Five straight Chiefs games have gone under. The first time in Patrick Mahomes' this is career. All you have is just a bunch of unders. unders. Under has been to play this year. Has been a big play this year. Yeah. The Vikings are playing at Denver. The Vikings have covered five straight. There's a lot of good info here. A lot of good stuff. I don't know which way to go on any of it. I would tell you. At some point, though, does it have to... I know it's the trend, but at some point, don't we have to see... I guess not with the quarterback play. We don't have to see more. Well, you mean the overs? More overs? Well, no, when the numbers come down far enough. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the, the Steelers games, 32 and a half now. Well, listen. And listen, nothing could get under a, an Iowa it's game. It's the first time I saw that game was in the 20s. The live bet on it at one point was 18 and a half, and it didn't even get there. <laughs> no. No, no, I think it did. I think Iowa got to 20 points. And if you last teased week. it down. You still can't get you over. Still can't get there. You can't get over. Like it's, yeah. It's I've never seen anything a thirty-two point over under, and yet you just think that's not much. But you may need a defensive. I've seen thirty-two or, and a half in the pros before, not college though. Yeah, but it usually has to do with weather, right? Or, or really, college, we had a thirty and a half, and it went below. I think it went below last. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen that in my life. Twenty-eight and a half in college football. Yeah, in college football, and then we try to and act it like was three nothing at the half. It was 3 nothing mm-hmm. at the half. You didn't even have to sweat it. Mm-hmm. 759 ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We'll take your calls on the other side. 713-780-3776. Right now, I'm talking about Home Bank. These are my, these are my homies. Home Bank, okay? Home Bank is, it's been around forever. Home Bank has locations all over. There's six locations uh, all around the city. The Home Bank is just totally, totally sweet. It's got a, right now, Home Bank is offering an annual percentage yield of 5.45% on an 11-month CD. The minimum balance for this special is $2,500. I got a, a, from a bank, I got an email that said, hey, we've got 5%. I'm like, oh, really? Because Home Bank's got 5.45%. So why would I want your crappy 5%? That's what I'm saying. So here's the deal. If you're looking for a great way to you know make your money work for you, 5.45% APY for an 11-month CD with a minimum balance of just $2,500. Rates this good do not come along often, so speak with a local banker at any Houston area location today. Go to home24bank.com. See the location that's nearest you. Home24bank.com. Member FDIC. You're not going to see this, but you're also not going to see a bank that is you know, caring about your small business, that's not care- it's caring about you, your personalized banking as well. Uh, the checking that they, they do, they, they are going to meet all of your needs and help you reach your financial goals. Home24bank.com, member FDIC. ESPN 97.5.com. We keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it.